أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إن شاء الله today we're doing سورة الماعون إن شاء الله another continuation of the series of last ten surahs just to refresh your memories Ibrahim عليه السلام made this dua يا الله give them give my people peace and prosperity so peace was covered with سورة الفيل Prosperity was covered with which surah? With surah Quraysh, exactly. And so after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the blessings of prosperity for Quraysh, He asks them or He commands them, فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ After all these blessings, now you should enslave yourself. So now the test is there. Are they really worthy? Is Quraysh worthy of taking care of the Kaaba or no? And the answer comes in the next surah, which is today's surah, Surah Al-Ma'oon. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَرَأَيْتَ الَّذِي يُكَذِّبُ بِالدِّينِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking to the Prophet ﷺ and, and literally asking him, did you see the one who denies the Day of Judgment? Did you see the one who lies against the Day of Judgment and this deen altogether? So officially Allah is saying, they, they weren't thankful. They weren't thankful. Indirectly Allah is saying, the job is yours next. The job is yours. And the next surah we know, إِنَّا أَعْطَيْنَاكَ الْكَوْثَرَ the job is yours and therefore we will give you everything. All goodness we will give you. And we'll, so, so we'll talk about that in the next surah. So, you know, here there's uh, many social corruption uh, examples mentioned in this surah. You know, and this is really a result of someone who denies akhirah. Allah is teaching us that the one who denies akhirah, the one who denies deen altogether, then what happens to his heart? It starts becoming rotten from the inside. Mercy starts going away and then his fitrah is messed up and then what does he end up doing? He ends up being cruel and does co show social corruption in society, you know. And this, you know, things like not uh, respecting the orphan, not encouraging people to help the poor and the needy. This was repeated in Surah Al-Fajr if you remember, right? So similar thing here also we learn. This, and why does Allah mention the weak of society, the orphans and the miskin? Because these, anyone with a decent heart would feel soft. We have a soft corner for such people, right? You'd have to be really, really messed up for you to be harsh to a, a, an orphan, a yatim. Right or no? You'd be re you have to be really harsh not to feed someone who is miskin. You have to be really hard to prevent ma'oon. Interestingly, ma'oon is the... the Easiest thing to give, like you know, simplest things to give, like, like in, in school, if you have a pencil case with like 12 pencils and pens, your friend asks you for a pencil, and you're like, No, no, I'm not giving you, it's mine. That's al ma'un. If someone knocks on your door and says, Can I have a glass of water? It's nothing, yani, if to give a glass of water to someone, but these people they're so corrupt that at the, by the end of the surah, Allah says, Even ma'un they prevent. This is what ma'un is. And so, you know, Quraysh needs to enslave themselves and they need to start being thankful. And Allah is saying that this ungratefulness, being unthankful, this is the result uh, or the opposite of shukr, right? Opposite of shukr in the Arabic language is kufr, literally. So it starts with denying the favors of Allah and it ends with what? Denying the day of judgment and then losing your mercy, losing your fitrah and acting worse than animals. Acting completely worse than animals. So, Surah Quraysh was kind of like, you know, positive reinforcement. You know, we use this with children sometimes. 
you know, beta homework karlo. Inshallah, you know, do your homework. I'll buy you ice cream. I'll take you out. But they're still messing around. They're taking you for a ride. Then what do you do? Abdullah, are you going to do your homework or, or no? Because I have other ways to make you do your homework. And then what does he do? He becomes straight. So Allah used the soft part in Surah Quraysh. You know, and, and Surah Al-Feel. I gave you peace. I love you. You know, ila fi Quraysh. I want to soften your hearts. Come on, guys. Be thankful. But now, it's, it's negative reinforcement. But still in it is hope for them. Because they're hearing these ayat and they can switch sides, right? They can come on Rasulullah's sides. Yani. So it's not the end of the world. It's basically Allah subhanahu wa is using both strategies now. Negative and positive reinforcement. And interestingly in Surah Al-Teen, we remember how Allah subhanahu wa you know, gave the examples of the prophets of the past. Nuh alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam, Musa alayhi salam. Prophet Muhammad and Ibrahim السلام, the legacy. These Ulul Azam and Rusul, how honored they were. And then he says, Even insan, you've been given the ruh, you're ahsan taqweem. But if you don't live up to that role, if you don't honor your ruh, if you don't take care of your fitrah and you lose that balance, what happens? This surah is talking about the asfala safirin. What can happen to a human being when he loses this decency, when he forgets who he is? When he forgets how Allah has honored him, you know. And so, A'udhu Billahi Mishtar Rajeem, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Ara'ayta al-ladhi yukadzibu bid-deen. Allah is talking to the Prophet here. When Quraysh hear these ayat, what do they feel? Oh man, Allah is on his side. You know, they feel bad about it. Because Allah is talking to him. Ara'ayta, Ya Rasulullah, al-ladhi yukadzibu bid-deen. It's like this teacher who tells, um, you know, the, the good student, teacher is talking to the good student about the bad students. You see those guys? How they've been messed up in the exam, you know. So it's, it's showing closeness of the Prophet and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. How close they are together. So in a way, uh, here is uh, good news for the Prophet It's honor for the Prophet that Allah is close to him, and it's humiliation. Literally, this ayah is humiliation for the Quraysh, that Allah is no longer on their side. And you know, Allah uses different ways of of saying, "Did you not see?" Sometimes He says, "Alam tara." Here, there's two different ways of saying, did you, did you not see? There's Alam Tara. Alam Tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka bi'aad, iramadat al-imad. In Surah Al-Feel, Alam Tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka bi'ashab al-Feel. That's one way of saying it. And that's usually used when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is in a sort of like uh, distress. You know, he needs, he needs to be reminded of the past. But here, Ara'ayta, actually Ru'ya is when you have insightful vision. So here, it's actually building confidence in the Prophet This, the usage of Ara'ita here is building confidence in the Prophet It's empowering him, you know, to putting, putting him in a, in a status that's higher. And also, teachers use this questioning methodology all the time to keep the, the reader and the listener attentive, right? Didn't I say this before? Right or no? When I, when I ask you guys a question, what happens? You become alert, otherwise... You're sleeping, especially Asr time, right? So when I ask questions, it makes you attentive and it also engages you with the teacher. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ar-Rahman allam al-Qur'an. He's the ultimate teacher and therefore he, even Qur'an is engaging. When he, when he says, Ara'ayta, or if, we, if he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We should engage. Bala, of course, ya Allah, you are. You know? Alaysa dhalika biqadirin ala an yuhiya al-mawta? Indeed, ya Allah, of course you are, you know? So 
this is Allah's teaching us that we need to engage and have like a dialogue with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When He talks about hellfire, Ya Allah, please protect me from that. When He talks about Jannah, Ya Allah, Jannah, Jannah, Jannah. When He talks about Muttaqeen, Ya Allah, I want to be from Muttaqeen. Inna Allah yuhibbul muhsineen, Ya Allah, make me of the muhsineen. If He talks about Munafiqeen, Ya Allah, protect me from nifaq. You know? So we have to engage with the Quran and react with them. Then you won't fall asleep. The student the other day came up to me and said, you know, I started reading the Quran with translation, trying to understand. Fifteen minutes later, I'm falling asleep. Why? We're not engaging, you know? We've got to have that attitude. I'm talking to Allah now. So it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation. So ara'ayta also means, not just for the Prophet anybody who has a sound intellect. Did you see the one who rejected the deen after all the favors I've given him? Anyone with sound intellect would be like, what, what are these guys doing? How messed up these guys are after all these favors, you know? So um, there's a difference of opinion who it's talking about. Some say it's about Abu Lahab. He was messed up. By the way, interesting word, Abu Lahab. We'll talk about it later when we get to Tabbat Yada Abi Lahab. But Abu Lahab comes from Lahab, which means flame. They say his hair was red. He was a redhead. Red beard, redhead. And Lahab also means flame. He used to have a temper problem, extremely angry. So here, um, you know, there's some opinion that is talking about Abu Lahab. In general, talk about the people of uh, Quraysh. Now, what's the difference between Yakfur and Yukadzib? Okay? Someone who yakfur or someone who does takdeeb. The difference is yakfur means that you, there are certain favors of Allah that you are hiding. It's like that kafir farmer, remember I told you, who takes the seed and buries it underground? That he's, he's kafir, why he's hiding something. He's hiding that gratefulness. He's grateful, but he's hiding. Here, it's a step further. When you do takdeeb, what happens is you actually know about the favor. Deep down inside, your conscious knows this is a favor. It wants to thank. But what do you do? You kill your conscience. You ignore it. You know? And then when you do this, your heart literally, like, you know, becomes hard. Because you're going against the fitrah. You're going against the nature of the human being. And so when your heart hardens, then it makes wrong decisions. Then you end up acting worse than animals. Okay? So remember I told you the function of the heart is what? To make decisions. When it is pure, when it is cleaned up, then, you know, the mind processes information, sends it to the heart. The heart says, yes, help the poor, help the orphan. It's a sound heart, it's a clean heart. But the, when the heart is corrupt, you get ideas, people suggest to you, help the poor, help the orphan. What do you say? No. I'd rather, you know, buy a Ferrari or I'd rather bribe this other politician so I can get my seat. And this is another important point here. Because we're talking about politics, right? And Abu Lahab, interestingly, was the treasurer, treasurer of Quraysh. He used to handle all the money. And so part of the, the role of uh, the treasurer is what? To spend on the people. So he, he has like Baytul Mal, you know, the, the treasury of the Ummah, of the city. So what he's supposed to do is spend on the poor and the needy. That's part of his job. But now he has a very strategic position also in Quraysh. And therefore, you know, politicians, usually, not all of them, but Laman Rahimallah, politicians, usually what happens when they have a seat, what, what's their primary objective? To keep the seat. Not to spend on the poor. So now the primary objective, the greed comes in, the dunya, love of dunya lifestyle comes in, and what do they say? How do I keep my seat? If I spend money on orphans and these guys, they're not influential in society, and therefore their votes would be of no benefit. Who do I need to spend on? On people of influence in society. That's where you know, the bribes come in. That's when the secret deals and the under table, under table agreements. And you buy a land for this person so he can vote for you. You, you know, uh, give the license for the factory to that person. 
this is really how corruption works, even in modern day pol politics, right? People of wealth and people of power, how do they stay in power? Is when they keep the weak weak, you know, they keep them powerless. Literally, what miskin is, miskin is someone who, from sekana, he, he can't move. Sukun, you know? He can't move. He's stuck. And they keep, you know, empowering the people around them so that they each help each other, you know? This becomes like this politics game. And charitable funds are raised but spent to secure deals and to secure interests. It's all about what's in it for me. When you're at that level, what's in it for me? Not what's in it for the poor people. What's in it for the orphans, for the needy? You know, so this is what happens when you are in a position of <coughs> power. So this person, he has an ego issue. He has an arrogance issue. His heart is completely, you know, uh, corrupted. And there is this sense of uh, criminal addiction. Khalas, you get used to, you know, stealing money. And you start getting used to, you know, overpowering others and doing dhulm. And here, the word deen can be interpreted in different ways. One, one is rejecting deen altogether. And I told you today there are so-called Muslims or liberal Muslims who say, you know, this deen is all a joke, man. What Laylatul Qadr and, you know, Jannah and Ramadan. Come on, guys. You just need to be good in the heart. You don't even need to pray five times a day. These are all just, you know, scams of history just to get people in the right order. There's people who say, you know what, yeah, saying subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar 33 times You don't have to do it That's just a, a, a way the Prophet is encouraging people to do the It doesn't have to be 33, just do 5, 10, 50, 100, whatever So they, and they, take, they lie against deen so casually you know? <coughs> There's people who do takdeeb of deen by saying You know what, hadith it's all, Hadith is what has caused problems in the ummah Let's just throw away hadith Let's focus on Qur'an. Qur'an is the word of Allah. They call the pe these people Qur'aniyun. Who, and there are people like that who literally, you quote them a hadith, they're like, please, don't talk to me a hadith. If it's in the Qur'an, I'll do it. If it's not, sorry. You know? So this is doubts that shaitan puts in the mind. And so they, they're literally doing takdeeb of deen. They love the Qur'an, but they're doing takdeeb of deen. Why? They're rejecting the other side of the coin, right? Because Qur'an without sunnah is incomplete. Sunnah without Qur'an is incomplete. The seer of the Prophet and Qur'an go hand in hand. They're inseparable. Muslims would not know how to pray if it wasn't for sunnah. It would be impossible. So they, all, they both complement each other. So one, taqlib al-deen is religion altogether. You know, this prophet was false. Some people, they come up with innovation, innovative ideas. that they, they say, no, we need to have a new 2015 prophet now. He was too old for the old ages. We need a new one. And so you have certain... Muslim sects who have you know come up with new prophets of uh, newer generations and stuff. So that's takdeeb al-deen. You're going outside the the boundary of deen when you start messing around with these concepts. But then there is takdeeb biyawm al-deen here, in the sense of the day of accountability, which means you are denying what accountability. You're denying accountability. You don't. You basically don't believe that someone's writing down your records. You don't believe that angels are writing, writing down your records and things are being recorded and that there will be a day of judgment. There's, you don't have any fear of consequences. That's what stops someone from doing the wrong things, right? Fear of consequence, fear of being accountable. And so when shaitan makes you forget that, then you end up doing messed up things. But then, and that's why governments and, and in traffic police, they have to have cameras in place to remind you that someone's watching, watching, watching. That keeps you in check. 
The moment you know that street light's not working, you're going to cross the light. Yani, subhanAllah. So this person, he's denying religion, he's denying accountability. And subhanAllah, here also, in this surah, we learn that these people are praying. Okay? Literally, these people, these same people. He's going to push away the yatim. He's not going to encourage even to feed the poor. These same people are praying. Not only praying, Allah says, مصلين, they're regulars in prayer. It's a noun. Not, Allah didn't say, so sometimes they pray, sometimes they don't. Because verbs are always fluctuating, right? مصلين, constant in prayers. But then, you know, we'll talk about what the problem with their prayers were. So, you know, these people have criminal behavior, although they're praying. Which is a big wake-up call for Muslims today. Um, that who think that, you know, deen is only about ibadah and salah and zakat and hajj and fasting. And khalas, outside the masjid, I can act like a criminal. I can run haram business. I can use my eyes to, to do haram things. I can use my hand to do injustice. I can go to haram places. I can run haram business. I can act like a jerk with my wife and my kids and my parents. It's okay. As long as I'm keeping Allah happy, I'm fine. I have my ticket in Jannah. This is takdeeb al-deen. Because deen is not just about ibadat. It's a balance of ibadah and akhlaq. Hukuq Allah and hukuq al-ibad. The rights of Allah and the right of the people around us. The rights of animals, the rights of the environment. It's, this, is, this is the balance. This is, this is deen. But when you take one side and you just stick to one side, this is takdeeb bid-deen. You don't understand deen. And another beautiful meaning of this is the one who doesn't understand the objective of deen. For them, they think, remember I told you the difference between means and the goal? Some, for some people, salah is the, is the goal. For them, they think it's about musallin. Khalas, let's just pray, pray, pray. That's the objective. Alhamdulillah, I prayed five times a day, I'm done. Alhamdulillah, I prayed qiyam, I'm done. Allah is saying, this person who thinks that salah and worship is just a goal, he's missing the point. He's, he's actually denying this deen. He's missing the point, literally. He's lying against this deen. This deen is not just about fulfilling your ibadat. The ibadat are a means to achieving a higher objective. They're a means to straighten up society. It's a means to get people disciplined. It's a means to get people fueled up with iman so they can do benefit for society. So they can, you know, fix the problems of earth. So they can, you know, get rid of corruption and spread peace and love and help people and give. How many times give, give, give has been coming over? And just amma, right? Give from what you have. Give from what you have. So Allah is teaching us. And the Quran is filled with these ayat and pairs, right? وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَيَأْتُونَ zakata. These two are symbols of the balance of deen. Salah is supposed to fuel you up to give. Literally. Salah is a means to fuel you up with iman so you can give. Giving is the objective. So the means is not... Let's not confuse the means with the objectives. We've made salah the objective. Allah is saying, no, no, no. If you're praying but you're not giving, then you've missed the point. You're doing takdeeb al-deen. Salah is supposed to fuel you up with iman so you can give. Is that point clear? Very important point. Okay, very, and this is a huge problem in the Ummah today. So this is really the, um, the way Allah starts this, this surah. And then he says, فَذَلِكَ الَّذِي يَدْعُ الْيَتِيمِ فَا فَا is sababiyya it's called. 
as a result of takdeeb al-deen, now what's the next step? This is footsteps of shaitan. Now, he's going to push the yateen. And yadu' literally means pushing violently, which is an act of humiliation. Pushing someone who you know won't be able to push back. That's what da'a means, literally. And Allah calls, uh, Allah yani, says about the disbelievers, uh, Allah will do the same for the disbelievers who did da'a uh, for the yateem, for the orphan. Similarly, Allah will push them aggressively. So subhanAllah, how cruel must you be? Allah is not saying the one who fed the yateem or the one who clothed the yateem or helped them financially. What is he doing, this man? He's not helping, he's actually insulting the yateem. And yateem, the orphan, of course, what does a yateem mean? The one who has no parents at a young age. Up to the age of puberty, he has no parents to support him. So literally, a yateem, it's his right that the society takes care of him. This is his right. Okay? It's not, you're not doing a favor for the yateem by helping him. But what is this person doing as a result of his denial of the deen and the result of his denial of the message? and of accountability, and no fear of consequences, what is he doing? He's insulting this yateen, which is the weakest of society, subhanAllah. And you know, this is a sign of someone who's a coward, actually. Because cowards, they mess around with people weaker than them. They never mess around with someone, their own level, or, you know. So this is actually a sign of weakness in this, in this person. And so, pushing far away, why pushing far away? Don't even come and ask for me for anything. Don't come asking me for help. Please. I don't associate myself with poor people, orphans like you, please. I am driving my BMW and Mercedes. I have my palace. I have my clean clothes. You know? Don't come near me. Move. Go away. Literally. فَذَلِكَ الَّذِي يَدْعُ And Allah says, يَدْعُ الْيَتِيمُ الْيَتِيمُ The orphan. He didn't say, يَدْعُ الْيَتَامَ The orphans. So beautiful here. Why al-yatim? Number one, because Allah is saying, that yatim that you disrespected, I know him by name. Don't think that he's nobody. Al-yatim. Allah is saying, that yatim that you pushed, I know him. He's, he's close to me. He's special with me. And another beautiful reason why Allah says al-yatim is, Allah is reminding this kafir or this denier of that scene. Remember that day when you pushed that yatim? I saw that act. I recorded it. So what's going on in the mind of the listener? Oh man, yeah, yeah I did push that, that yatim. Allah is talking about that yatim. SubhanAllah, see the precision of uh, the language here. And Allah says, فَذَلِكَ الَّذِي يَدْعُ الْيَتِيمِ that, that person who's denying the deen and he's pushing, Allah did tab'eed for him. This is called tab'eed. Allah is, just like he's pushing the yatim far away, Allah is pushing him away. Fadalik, He's far away from me, this, this man who's pushing the yatim. Fadalik. Allah doesn't say this person. He said that person. Allah is not even associating himself with this person now. Fadalik alladhi yad'u al-yatim. And here Allah is, you know, also teaching us that when you become, when your attitude with Allah becomes messed up, when you start denying deen, start denying accountability, then as a result of that, your attitude with the people around you will become messed up also. And vice versa. When your attitude with Allah becomes good, your attitude with people around you will become good. My teacher gave me advice that is so, so precious. Wallahi. 
inshallah, you should apply it with your wives, inshallah, when you get married. He said, whenever you're going through marriage problems, all of a sudden, Ashraq woke up. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, whenever you're going, listen to this, whenever you're going through problems with your wife, or your family, anyone, your parents, your children, when you're going through problems, conflict, there's a storm in the house, there's no sakina, there's a storm going on in the house. You know what he told me? He said, check your relationship with Allah. There's something wrong with your relationship with Allah. What do we do as human beings? We try to fix the relationship. Oh, what's going on? Let's discuss. Let's talk. He said, no, no, no. The problem is not there. The problem is with your relationship with Allah. Fix your relationship with Allah and your, your problems with the family will be sorted out. And wallahi, yani, this is tried and tested and it works. So it's such a beautiful lesson that you can write volumes about just this, this uh, idea here. That because our relationship with Allah is messed up, our relationship with society, our family, they get messed up. So how to fix it? Go to the root cause. Don't go to the therapist or the counselor or read books about how to solve marriage. No, no, no. Fix your relationship with Allah. Allah will soften the hearts. Everything will be fine. Subhanallah. So, um, Not only does he push the yateem, and he doesn't even encourage feeding the miskin. And here feeding the miskin is wrong actually, you know. This is inaccurate. If you read the translation it says and does not encourage the feeding of the poor. Very inaccurate. Because it's not about feeding the poor. Okay, and I'll explain later on. Okay. It's actually saying he doesn't even encourage the food of the miskin. So it's as if the, the mis- this is the miskin's food. You're not feeding, there's no verb. This is his food. The food belongs to the miskin. So, يعني, inshallah, I'll talk about it in a bit, but just going back to He does not encourage even giving the food of the miskin. Okay? Why doesn't he encourage? Someone like Abu Lahab, why doesn't he encourage the people? Okay, he's stingy, he doesn't want money. Why isn't he encouraging at least people? You know, give the poor, help the needy. Why doesn't he do that? Very simple. If he starts saying it and encouraging it, what will people say? What about you? Are you giving? Who are you to tell us to give? Are you giving yourself? We don't see you giving. And so, so that this door doesn't open of accusation and exposure, exposure he, he'll be exposed, right? His weakness will be exposed. So he's like, let's just keep this door closed. Let's not even remind people of the importance of giving because I'm not giving. So if I'm not giving, you know, and I tell people to give, they're going to call me out. SubhanAllah. So this guy does not even encourage to give because he doesn't want to be exposed of his evil, corrupt nature. And what's interesting about how the argument is flowing now, in the previous ayah, Allah said, Wala, What was it? This is like in his personal life. He, encouraged, he encountered an team and he pushed them away. This is talking about personal life. Now here it's talking about public life. How he deals with people. You know, he wants respect and honor. And so, you know, he makes sure that he gets this by maintaining his seat and his power. And so he keeps the people around him happy with bribes and money and financial deals and wealth. But there's no interest for him to feed the poor. And therefore, that's not part of the deal. So this is talking about his public lifestyle now. He, in, in, in gatherings and stuff, this stuff never comes up. That we need to help these guys, man. They need help. You know, he's not a caring person. 
And subhanAllah, we live in times now where literally Muslims sit in gatherings, whether it's in a majlis or over shisha or whatever, right? Um, what are they talking about? Are they talking about helping the poor, about, you know, orphans, about feeding the needy? What are they talking about? Business, money, you know, stock market, politics, all worldly things, right? So here, yani we're learning about the nature of such people. They don't talk about in public. They don't talk about caring about people in public. All they talk about is self-interest, money, dunya-related issues. So this is really what's going on in the psychology of these people. You know, uh, just so indulged in dunya. And so, here, let's talk about ta'am al-miskeen. وَلَا يَحُضُّ عَلَى ta'am al-miskeen. Now, when you think about ta'am al-miskeen, what, what, ha what happens usually in voluntary work and like when you try to help to feed the poor, right? You're doing this iftar party uh, or iftar campaign to feed the poor. You have these packages made of food and drink and laban and dates and you give out 5,000 people. What's going on in the back, back of the mind of the volunteers? Come on, guys. We need to help these people. We need to help them. Allah is saying, no, no, no. You're not helping them. This food belongs to them. This is ta'am al-miskeen. This food that you're giving them, this is their food. You know, it's not like this is your food and you're doing them a favor by giving them your food from your money. Allah is saying, this is their food. By you giving to them, you're just fulfilling their right. It's not, you're not doing something extra. You know, it's not a favor. So subhanAllah, see the precision of the word. So here Allah, is, look at how messed up this person is now. Not only is he not giving them their food, he's not even encouraging others to give them their food. See how messed up it is? It's their food. SubhanAllah. So very interesting way of, of thinking about it. And again, Allah says, Ta'am al-miskeen, the miskeen, that miskeen. That miskeen that you didn't help, Allah knows him by name. He knows him by name and he's reminding you of that incident, al-miskeen. Just like al-yateem, al-miskeen here. Allah didn't say masakeen. La yut'imun al-masakeen. They don't feed the poor people, you know. That poor man or that poor woman, that specific incident, Allah has recorded that, you know. And so this incident, what does it do in the listener's heart and his mind? Feeling of guilt, right? Feeling of guilt. Oh man, I should have helped that guy who knocked on the door the other day. That man who asked for help, I, need, I should have done something. And miskeen comes from second. When someone literally is, you know, either quiet, because sukoon means quiet, right? So some people, when they're so helpless, what do they do? Nothing. They can't do anything. They're helpless. They're, they're uh, literally can't move, stuck. You know people like that who are stuck in their lives? They're trying. They're trying hard, but... Nothing is working out. They're just needy and they're, they're trying hard, but they're stuck. This is the miskin. Or someone who even has a job, but he's stuck. He can't afford to get married. He can't afford to, you know, pay the rent for the apartment. He can't afford to send the kids to school. He's also miskin. Sometimes we think miskin is someone who's homeless. No, no, no. Miskin is someone who, whatever he has is not enough for him to, to sustain his lifestyle. He's going in the negative. That is miskin. And you know, another thing about this attitude of this arrogant person is in publicly, he does not encourage the poor thinking what? What are they going to do about it? 
I'm not going to give the poor. Are they going to sue me? They can't sue me. You know, this attitude of, I'm not going to give. What are they going to do about it? You know, I, I, the judge is my buddy. They're going to go raise a lawsuit. I was having uh, dinner and shisha with the judge yesterday. What are they going to do about it? Yeah. You know, so they can get into this comfort zone that this, they're, they're above the law. And they can do whatever they want. They don't need to care about the poor and the needy. SubhanAllah. So Allah is really like describing to us the psychology of such people. And these people do exist. Yeah. I don't know, guys. Yes? Difference? Yes, yatim is, is uh, literally about someone who has no parents to support him. Miskeen doesn't have to be uh, yatim. Miskeen can be someone who is married, he has parents, but the income of the family or the income of this individual is not enough for him to sustain his lifestyle. So yatim is about not having parents to support you. Your, your father is, has died while you were young, literally, because your father is responsible to take care of you. So that's specifically yatim. But the moment you reach the age of puberty, you're no longer yatim, which is another misconception in our society. We treat 15-year-olds yatim, bachara yatim. No, this guy needs to go and work. This guy needs to get a job. You know, he's independent now. Society doesn't need to support him. So we extend the childhood of our young people, unfortunately. We should treat them like men. Khalas, you're 10-year-old, go. Work. Work in the garage. Go flip burgers and jasmines. You know, put some petrol station, put some petrol for people in the petrol station. Work. Earn a, earn a living. Learn the hard way. Learn what it means to be a man. You know? So, فَوَيْلٌ um, musallin. Now we move into the other part of this surah, which talks about a transition now, which is very interesting. Um, you know, some Mufassirun went on to say that the first part of the surah talks about Quraysh, second part talks about hypocrites, and therefore, first part of the surah was revealed in Mecca, second part in, in Medina. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not in a position to judge whether this is or that, but um, the, the opinion that I found sound, that made sense, was well, this is talking about the same person. It's talking about the same people. And we have proof that even Quraysh, they had this concept of salah was there, right? They used to meditate and connect with God. So we're not really, it's surahs on one side talking about Quraysh and their prayer that they used to do it out of, you know, um, uh, laziness and they used to uh, do it to show off, which we'll talk about later. And on the other hand, it's talking to us believers because there are believers today who are praying and uh, they have messed up habits with society around them. They're not helping, they're not giving. Okay? So, فَوَيْلٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ Now we talk about wail. And notice the word uh, or the letter fa. It's very important to notice that fa wailun, which means it's a continuation. So listen to this now. fa. As a result of takdib al-din, fa dalik al-ladhi yadu' al-yatim. Wala miskin. So, you know, pushing the yatim and not giving the food of, to the miskin. This is a result of what takdib al-din. But then Allah says fa wailun, and as a result of this. وَيْلٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ If he's not doing this, فَوَيْلٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ Wail, remember I told you, a very, very you know, scary part of hellfire. It's serious, serious destruction. One of the toughest words, you know, Allah called it نَارُ اللَّهِ الْمُقَدَةِ in Surah Al-Humaza, right? فَوَيْلٌ لُهُ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ The ones who are consistent in prayer. And of course, you know, part of the 
rules of tilawa is not to stop at this ayah. If you stop in this ayah, people will freak out. I'm from Musallin, you know, so you don't stop here. You say, Okay, so part of the adab is not to stop, it's, you, you need to continue. Which Musallin is Allah talking about? The ones who, when it comes to their prayer, they are heedless about the prayer. Sahun, literally from Sahu, which means to be, um, you know, careless about it. And we'll talk about it in, in a lot of depth, inshallah, when we get there. But just talking about this concept of فَوَيْلٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ Here is an alert for, just not just munafiqeen also. Because, you know, um, sometimes what shaitan comes and says, yeah, 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 these are munafiqeen who pray to show off, you know. But alhamdulillah, we're believers. Yani. Last thing, no. That pause, فَوَيْلٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ That pause and the ayah is there for us to ask ourselves this question. If Umar ibn Khattab can ask this question, is my name on the list of munafiqeen? If the Sahaba had this fear of being munafiqeen, then why, why do we have this comfort that we are free from that? So Allah here, the hikmah of stopping the ayah here, فَوَيْلٌ musallin. Although in Tilawah we continue it, but the, the ayah stops there, why? To alert the believer, don't get in the comfort zone. Don't ever think you are free from this. Look in yourself first. Don't diffuse the responsibility on people around you. So stop and think. Wait a second. Could I be one of these musallin? Because I'm a regular person who prays. You know? And this is talking about people who regularly pray. So imagine those who don't pray regularly. That's a different story, Yani. You know, that's, we'll talk about that, inshallah, when we get to uh, Surah Al-Kawthar later on. You know? In depth about people who don't pray. Or pray, pray you know, Friday to Friday or once, whenever they feel like it, yani. So for Wailun Musalleen, if Allah is saying Wailun Musalleen, regular prayers are in trouble if they do these two things, which we'll talk about, okay? Ladina, hum an salatim sahun, wa ladina hum yura'un, wa yamna'un al ma'un. Okay, so we'll talk about this inshallah in a bit. But uh, Allah is emphasizing, for Wailun Musalleen, ladina hum an salatim sahun. Notice the word salah repeated twice. Okay, salah, 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 and it's coming up next surah. فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَنْحَرْ Okay, so the connection between the two. And so, فَوَيْلٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ Now let's go back to Ibrahim salam's dua. Beautiful dua. Listen to this. He says, رَبَّنَا إِنِّي أَسْكَنْتُ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّةِ بِوَادٍ غَيْرِ ذِي زَرْعٍ عِنْدَ بَيْتَكَ الْمُحَرَّمِ رَبَّنَا For what? لِيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ I made my, my progeny, my children, settle in this land where there's, it's literally a valley with no plants, no agriculture, no nothing. Why? Number one, لِيُقِيمُ salah. Look at the status of prayer, yani, the, the high honor for prayer. That This was the dua of Ibrahim salam. And then, you know, we learn how he taught this same thinking to his son Ismail listen to Ismail وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِسْمَعِيلِ Surah Maryam إِنَّهُ كَانَ صَادِقَ الْوَعْدِ وَكَانَ رَسُولًا نَبِيًّا Ismail he was someone who fulfilled his promise and كان رسول he was رَسُولًا نَبِيًّا what did he used to do? وَكَانَ يَأْمُرُ أَهْلَهُ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَالزَّكَاةِ and he used to command his, uh, you know, his family to do what? number one salah and then zakah. Salah and purification through Salah. 
Salah and purification through giving zakat. Giving again. Salah, zakat. Okay, you see how it's connected? Praying and giving. You know? Con our connection with Allah, our connection with society. So salah, salah, salah. This is something that Ibrahim passed on to generation after generation, to Ismail. Now obviously Quraysh are from Banu Hashim, Banu Ismail. And the Prophet same family, same progeny, calling toward the same thing. Why aren't these people praying the way the Rasul is telling them to pray? You know? Why are they being neglectful about prayer? So let's talk about the word الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ The ones who, when it comes to their prayer, the translation says, those who are heedless of their prayer. And subhanAllah, there is a rahmah here in this, surah, in this ayah. Allah didn't say those who are heedless in their prayer. He didn't say, الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ what did he say? An salatim sahun. There's a huge difference in this in these two. Fi salatim sahun. If it was fi salatim sahun, we would all be in trouble, guys. We would all have wail on top of us because fi salatim sahun means you are heedless inside the prayer. As you're praying, you're heedless. Because sometimes we do think about biryani and you know uh, what we have uh, you know for work, our bills in prayer. And that's why we, Rasul taught us sujood al-sahu. That this is what you do. This is how you literally knock the shaitan with a big huge hammer when you do sujood al-sahu. Why? Because this is human nature. You will think about other things sometimes when you're not focusing. So it's not talking about that, that sahu. It's not talking about losing focus in salah. It's talking about Losing focus from salah altogether, not in salah, from salah. So, what does that mean? People who sometimes they pray, sometimes they don't. It's people who don't pray at all. People who, you know, they're lazy about their prayer. When it's time to pray, pray they delay it. So, it's talking about our attitude with salah. The Musalleen's attitude with salah. So, they're praying, but not regularly. Or they're praying, but maybe late. Some people, I know friends who they don't pray. They're busy, they just like pretty much before sleeping, they pray five prayers. You know, they do jama'a, fajr, dhuhr, asr, maghrib, isha, jama'an. Alhamdulillah, I prayed five times today. I prayed my five fard today, alhamdulillah. All in one go. <laughs> you know, combo meal, yani, subhanAllah. So, um, so this is talking about those people who don't have a high regard for prayer. For them, prayer is secondary. Other things are a bigger priority. So it's talking about priorities here. And sahun is about people who, when it comes to prayer, it's only about actions. It doesn't have, like it's just about external action, like workout, you know, cardio exercise, and khalas. It has no impact whatsoever. After salah, they go back to their bad habits and bad character and bad akhlaq. So they're missing out on the objective of salah itself. So on and off prayers, even this talks about people who are Ignorant of the ahkam of prayers. People who don't even have the like, basic, basic knowledge of you know, how to do wudu, what are the you know, ahkam of salah, what is takbir, do I have to read fatiha or no? There's this, like the other day, wallahi, in, in uh, Jum'ah, like before the khutbah starts, this guy was in front of me praying uh, sunnah, and he had like this huge turban on, he was from a you know, a specific culture that wears huge turbans and stuff. And he had glasses on, so and I was wondering how he's going to do sajda and stuff. So, subhanAllah, 
He goes down into sajda. Of course, not good to judge people. I'm just telling you what he did physically. I saw this. In sajda, he literally, his forehead and nose did not touch the, the ground. It was like in, in mid-air. He's doing sajda and coming up. <laughs> doing sajda in the air and coming up. So f- this guy doesn't know that his forehead and his nose have to touch the, the ground. Yani, you know? Now, I, we have to ask a faqih whether his salah is valid or not. I'm not a faqih, so I don't know. Okay? But I do know that sajjud is your forehead and your nose has to touch the ground. This guy, I saw it with my own eyes. His forehead did not touch the ground. And there's this, uh, you know, other things like Rasulullah said that when you do sujood, again, these are fiqh issues, which is out of our topic, but just to give you an idea of what sahoon can mean. You're not supposed to sujood with your entire arm down, like dogs, literally, right? And so there was someone in our office who used to pray like this. And yani, we had to tell him, yani, you know? And of course he got upset, and who are you to tell me what to do? I've been praying like this. For the past 30, 50 years, my father prayed like this, my grandfather prayed like this. You're telling me all of our salahs is not... <laughs> we're all sahun, yani, we're ignorant. So, you know, that was a, another story. So, uh, people who also want to end it quickly because they have trade to do, they have business, they have a movie to watch, a cricket match. This is also sahun. You're not present to your salah, you just want to do it quick. Um, people who delay the prayer till the, prayer till the end. So, it's, you know... End of Dhuhr time, Asr time, so they pray right before Dhuhr time is nearly over, before Asr time, five minutes, and then they pray Asr time, and then two and one, done. You know? Last in, first out. And, and those who don't plan for prayers, so you know, sometimes when we make schedules, okay, inshallah, I'll meet you at four o'clock. Uh, wait a second, Salah is at uh, four o'clock. How can you meet me at four o'clock? So, you know, the right way to plan our day is, I'll meet you after Asr. Or let's pray Asr together, then we'll have the meeting. Or you know what? We should be done before Maghrib's Adhan. You know, so the pillars of your day are the Salah. These aren't unshakable, you know. You plan around them. What we do nowadays is we plan Salah around our schedule. So have cricket match, after cricket match I pray. After prayer I go have dinner. After dinner I will pray Asha. You know, I'll watch the movie, then I'll pray I'll sleep, then when I'm, I'm filled with my sleep, then I wake up and pray Fajr. You know, so Salah has become sahoon for you. It's, it's something careless. This is talking about lazy people, careless people who are, for them, Salah is not a priority, basically. That's what it is, you know. So just side advice here that my teacher used to give me, tough advice. He said that you need to sleep early and wake, so you can wake up early for Fajr. And he said that if you are going out with friends late at night knowing that this will give you a hard time waking up and most probably you won't wake up for Fajr. He said, you're going out with your friends at night is a sin. It's a sin. Because you know that you're not going to wake up for Fajr. Therefore, you're, prior, you're, giving, you're going out with friends, this outing, a higher priority than Salah, which is a sin. And, and then Allah says, not only do they not give the salah priority, what else do they do? Alladinahum yuraun. When it comes to prayer, what do they do? They pray to show off to others. They pray so that people see them. And this is from riya, riya, which is actually a minor kind of shirk, okay? Which is a big deal, yani. When you pray and worship for the sake of others, you you see someone watching you, so you prolong your sujood. You know, you see someone watching you, so you read Quran with khushu and you start doing this, which is of course, I mean, 
or if you يعني, um, see someone, someone's looking at you, start saying, you know, you start looking dhikr with your lips to show people that, mashallah, I do dhikr, you know, or um, uh, crying, f- fake crying, you know, just to show people you have khushu. So all these things is riya. This is hidden shirk, minor shirk, that is dangerous stuff, yani. You're associating literally, you know, others with salah than Allah. You're not praying solely for Allah. So this goes against ikhlas. And we talked about ikhlas heavily. And which surah was it? Just to make sure you guys remember. Which surah did we talk about ikhlas and intentions and... Ah, guys. Which surah was it? Ah. Which surah was it? Al-Qara'a. Al-Qara'a. Yes. It wasn't Qara'a. It was Zilzal. Okay. Yeah. Okay? So Zilzal. So uh, five or fifty push ups after this dars, inshallah. Huh? So Allah is angry. Again, Allah says Alladina hum and Satim Sahun. Alladina hum. Allah is saying those who, those who again, those who, not these who. Those. What, what does it mean? They're far away from me. Hum, Allah says hum, hum, yani, this is a threat for them. This is threatening language. When they pray, they pray to show off. They prolong the sujood to show off. They do the khushu' act, okay? And, um, you know, the, the muttaqi act. That, you know, or for them it's a PR stunt. Sometimes politicians do this, you know, they, they pray. To, you know, they call the journalists, come, take a photo of us, and front page news. You know, so it's about praying for worldly things. So an advice that my teacher used to give me, also very valuable advice, that pray fard at home and pray your nawafil. Oh, sorry, pray fard in the masjid. Astaghfirullah. Okay. For the men, pray fard in the masjid. <laughs> and um, pray your nawafil at home. Actually, this is what the Rasul Sallallahu used to do. He used to pray the nafil and the sunnah at home. And the fard in the masjid. Why? There's many benefits here. When you pray nafil at home, number one, you're engaging family with you. Children see you pray. If you're only praying the masjid, do, you, do your children ever see you pray? They don't ever see you pray. So you're not the role model for them for prayers. Yet. And, you know, it's fun when you pray at home. Your children start climbing on your back and, you know, they bother you and stuff. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Yet. Um, and we hear, hear stories of the Prophet ﷺ where, you know, his grandchildren used to climb on him. And he used to stay in sujood. Until they would get up Just to not to bother them So subhanAllah I enjoy these moments with Abdullah You know when he comes and hangs on my back It's, it's a lot of fun So if you're, not, if you're not praying nawafil at home You're missing out on this fun The other thing is You get to pray with your wife You know It's nice to have like this part of your house That's a corner for prayer Your children need to know When, when you're there you pray So it creates that discipline Like you know this mini jama'ah thing in home yani. Again not fad nawafil Right and another benefit of this is you fix your intentions. That, Ya Allah, I do pray in the masjid and just to prove to you that I'm praying only for you, I'm also going to pray at home when no one's watching me from society. You know? And, uh, you know, of course, another advice is praying Qiyamul Layl. That is the ultimate ikhlas check. You know? If you're doing Qiyamul Layl, waking up at the last third of the night when no one's watching you, then that's a sincerity check for you, inshallah. You know? Because no one, literally no one's watching you. And if your wife is there, try not to even let her know that you're waking up. 
so you can be completely mukhlas, uh, inshallah. Because some people, they show off for their wives. So their wives can then text the next day to their friends, mashallah, my husband, you know, he wakes up for qiyam. And so, uh, you know, to seek praise from your wife. So sometimes keep, like I told you, deeds secret from even your wife. And then last but not least, we'll end with this. What else do they do? After praying uh, without focusing, and you know, for them it's a lazy thing and careless thing. And after praying to show off, what do they do? They prevent and they say no to even the simplest requests. Some ulama said here, this is zakat. Because zakat is 2.5% of your whatever that nisab is, right? Which is peanuts, if you think about it. It's literally nothing. 2.5% is nothing. Okay? So in 100 dinars, what's 2.5%? Just to check if you guys know your math. Are you sure? 100%? Huh? Yeah. So it's nothing, inshallah. 2.5 dinars. It's like two Jasmine's meals, you know? One? Nowadays it's expensive, huh? I think in Ramadan they have special offers, yeah. So this is, the, this is the crimes they're doing. And see the, the sequence now. In the beginning, the crime was with who? Crime with who? Crime with Allah. Crime with Allah. Then, Crime with who? People. And then, Crime with who? Allah. People. Crime against Allah, crime against people. Crime against Allah, crime against people. Why? This is the nature of that person now. Khalas. He's doing crimes with Allah, easy for him to do crimes with people. When he does crimes with people, easy for him to do crimes with Allah. It's like a, a reciprocal relationship, you know. That feeds into the other, you know, and, and it's like a cycle for them. And so what is the balance? What is the ultimate balance? The, the bottom line of the surah is fulfill the rights of Allah through prayer. Fulfill the rights of people through giving. If your salah is not leading you to giving, then there's a problem with your salah. Okay? If you're giving but not praying, that's another problem. A lot of people, they say, Alhamdulillah, I give charity and, you know, um, and yani, I help and I build messages, but prayer, yani, you know, sometimes on Eid I go and, you know. But as long as I'm helping, because, yani, Brother Fahd, you said the objective is helping, so we're helping, yani. That's another mistake, right? Because takdib bid-deen. If you say, I don't need to pray, that's takdib bid-deen, sorry. You know? You got that wrong. So balance between the two. And this is, subhanAllah, if you read Ayat al-Birr in Baqarah, this is what it talks about, the balance of what goodness is. Some people think goodness is, as long as I'm helping, I have a clean heart, I do yoga, and you know, I'm, yani, I pray for everybody, and I love, you know, as long as we love each other, that's fine. You don't need to pray and all this and fasting. So what is goodness? Allah decides that, okay? So these people, yamna'un al-ma'un, even the smallest things they don't give, you know? Sometimes ma'un can be even a smile. How difficult is it to give a sadaqah? Sadaqah, right? Smile is a sadaqah, right? Let's all smile and give each other sadaqah, inshallah. <laughs> right? So sometimes people are always angry. They don't even want to give smile. And, you know, the other day I was hearing this uh, talk where the, the, you know, the instructor said that he once asked a brother, why don't you smile, brother? Why are you always angry? He said, it's not, is it wajib to smile? Imagine, yani. You know, it's not wajib, but it's good to smile. Right? So, again, that, yani, 
problem with separating between law, focusing only on law, halal, haram. If it's not haram, if it's not haram to have a bad face, then I'll do it. You know? If it's not wajib, I won't do it. So this is the difference between law and morality. Sometimes you have to do moral things even if the law doesn't say so. Just because you're a decent human being. So this guy is super, super greedy. And this is like the end of the surah. Right? لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ But if he doesn't appreciate that, what? ثُمَّ رَدَدْنَاهُ أَسْفَلَ سَافِلِينَ Literally, the end of the surah is talking about the lowest of the law. You know, we saw he was pushing the yatim, not giving to the miskeen, prayers messed up. But now, what's the lowest of the law? Someone asks you for a tissue, you don't even give a tissue. You're that stingy. You're that greedy. You know, glass of water. You don't do that. So Allah here is humiliating Quraysh. He's saying shame on you, literally. This surah's the yani, summary of it is shame on you, Quraysh. I gave you peace, I gave you prosperity, I gave you a prophet from your lineage, I gave you the Kaaba, I gave you the Quran, I gave you the best teacher. And after all this, you are doing Yamnaun al Ma'un. You're you're withholding this simple help that people are asking for for shame on you okay so um, you know with that we conclude the surah inshallah and uh, we will continue later on with surah al-kawthar which is again a very very beautiful surah that will talk about how now that kuffar of Quraysh they're of no use Ya Rasulullah it's time to give you they don't know how to give Allah was asking them give 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 right give to the poor give to the orphan now Allah says, let me show you what giving is. إِنَّا To the Prophet we will give you, Ya Rasulullah. Okay, and so we'll talk about that, inshallah. Jazakumullah khayran. Subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.